Welcome to Palace Confidential, the weekly podcast all about the royal family where we assemble some of Britain's most fabulous experts and commentators and delve into the news coming out of the palaces to keep you royally clued up. I'm your host, Joe Elvin, editor of the Mail on Sunday's You magazine. Don't forget to subscribe to us on Spotify, Apple and Google. And if you haven't already, why not sign up for the daily Mail Plus briefing at mailplus.co.uk, where you can also watch Palace Confidential on video. Hello and welcome to Palace Confidential, your weekly source of royal news and views exclusively here on Mail Plus. I'm Jess King and joining me for today's show is the Mail on Sunday's editor-at-large, Charlotte Griffiths, and Daily Mail features writer Guy Adams. Welcome, thank you both. Well, let's face it, this week couldn't have got much worse for the royals, as the heir to the throne will likely be questioned by police over an investigation into the Cash for Honours scandal. And of course, Prince Andrew's out-of-court settlement to Virginia Giuffre is the latest disgrace for the Queen's second son. Questions over the amount of money and who will be funding it have been on the lips of the nation ever since. Charlotte, uh, let's start with you. The figure rumoured to be in the region of 10, 12 million pounds. This is, of course, an out-of-court settlement with Mrs. Dufresne, who's accused him of raping her when she was 17. The prince has always denied these claims. Have you been surprised by everything that's happened this week? I've been surprised by the speed with which all of this has happened. Um, I'm certainly surprised that it's happened now, not in March when it was going to go to deposition. And I'm really surprised Andrew didn't get his day in court. He was determined to get his day of court in court. And um, something must have happened very suddenly. And it feels like a surrender, but not a surrender to Virginia, but a surrender perhaps to some forces behind the scenes within the royal family, namely Camilla um, sorry, Charles and the Queen, who must have just said, we've got to get this sorted now. So you think it's definitely pressure from family? I think there's been some pressure behind the scenes and there's been a sudden change of tack and it's just happened so quickly. Um, and yeah, so surprised, definitely. And Guy, this, as Charlotte was saying, comes just a week after the Duke vowed to contest these claims in a public trial in the US. Uh, there's been a complete U-turn. And you've talked in, in articles for the paper about the fact that nothing in the Duke's statement clearly exonerates him. Yeah, it's a very odd statement. Uh, normally, you cover these kind of uh, legal uh, declarations. The, normally, the chap writing the cheque will get to insert a clause in the statement saying something along the lines of, you know, he, he continues to profess his innocence or there is no evidence or da-da-da. There's not a single line like that in the statement that was released on, on Tuesday night. Uh, and that shows, I suppose, the sort of the, the really abject nature of the, the surrender. He's not only written a vast cheque, uh, but he's also uh, essentially uh, not been allowed to insert any line that might make it look like he's sort of he's done any, he's done anything apart from wave a white flag. And of course, you know, a substantial amount of money uh, to Virginia Jeffrey's charity. Some might say, you know, she'll she will be pleased with that. She will feel vindicated. Others may say, you know, for true justice, perhaps the day in court would have been a sort of landmark case that a lot of victims of sexual abuse would have wanted. Mm, I think the court of opinion actually has gone towards Virginia. They haven't said he didn't. You, you settled and you should have had your day in court. I think people realise that she has been exonerated and, um, Andrew, it was a very contrite statement. And also, I mean, from Andrew's point of view, you're right, it was a very contrite statement. Uh, there, there has been a sort of school of thought that a lot of, a lot of royal pundits have been saying, you know, on the television and whatnot, yes, this is terrible, it looks bad, but actually from the royal f family's point of view, it's the least worst 
thing, the, the least worst step he could have taken. I completely disagree with that. I think this is a terrible, terrible step. I think if you are accused of a crime or a behaviour as terrible as, as Andrew was accused of, really the least worst step is to go to court and to win. And I am amazed that he didn't. I think, uh, look, you know, this America isn't some sort of banana republic with a corrupt court system that doesn't work. It's a it's a it's a mature democracy uh, with a very robust court system. If, as he claims, he never met this woman, or as he has claimed in the past, he never met this woman. This was all lies. Then he should have been very confident to go to court, and he should have been very very confident of victory. I'm baffled actually that that he's um, he, he he's he's declared this sort of uh, he, he's paid he's he's. This payoff's been announced so so quickly. I think that's why of... he wants to go to court, isn't it? That's, yeah. I think he thought that deep. You know, he thought if I get there, I can win this, and something must have happened to stop him in his tracks. Do you think um, that what you, how you say, it, a lot of people will be feeling the same about about this sort of complete U-turn? Do you agree with Charlotte that actually it was pressure from the family that sort of made him take this step? I, I mean, who knows. Uh, I can see it's quite convenient. It, it, you could be seen as quite convenient to kind of clear the decks. The Queen's Jubilee is coming up in June. You don't want this to be, you certainly wouldn't want a court case to be happening at that very moment. My, my only sort of question is, does this really clear the decks? Um, I'm not sure it does, because this, this stain will hang over the royal family uh, for, forever, really. Um, and is and you know as long as we're debating who's actually paying this money, where it's come from, it will continue to be a news story, and that could carry on for quite a long time. We will come back to that question um, about who is footing the bill uh, for the payout from the Duke of York. Uh, let's first, though, uh, get some insight from Nigel Cawthorne. He's thought a lot about Prince Andrew's predicament, as he's the author of Prince Andrew, Epstein, Maxwell and the Palace. We wanted to get his view on what comes next for the Queen's favourite child. Virginia Gouffre's settlement uh, in no way exonerates uh, Prince Andrew. Uh, I hope that the, 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 the new... Um, Commissioner of uh, Metropolitan Police uh, will take this matter very seriously. After all, the um, Met and other police forces in this country have promised to take, especially after the Sarah Everard case, have promised to take offences against women very seriously. And plainly, Cressida Dick didn't. With the uh, settlement of the Gouffre uh, case, we won't really hear the answer to Virginia's accusation. Uh, but this is far from over. Um, there was two outstanding perjury charges against uh, Elaine Maxwell, which uh, referred to the 2015 uh, defamation case brought by uh, Virginia Gouffre against Elaine Maxwell, which is where uh, Prince Andrew's name first surfaced. So we'll hear from that again. Um, and of course, the FBI still want to speak to Prince Andrew. And if you'd like to read more of Nigel's thoughts on Prince Andrew, the paperback edition of Prince Andrew, Epstein, Maxwell and the Palace is out today. Um, so going back to the payment, I mean, you know, a huge amount of money. Who do we think Charlotte is, is going to be footing the bill for this? Well, I think he sold his chalet. Um, and I think he's raised funds. Apparently, there are some reports through a bridging loan involving Prince Charles. And then there's there's now a figure of 12 million reported. So there's this number of the two million pounds, which some reports are saying has come from the Queen. But they've been very careful to say it's not going directly to Virginia, but to one of her charities, although the charity is in her name, because the Queen just cannot be seen to be paying directly for her son's 
um, mistake, I suppose. Um, yeah, I mean, the, the, so the part, certainly in the, in the newspapers this morning, uh, the palace is not denying that the Queen has been in some way involved in, in uh, helping finance this settlement. Uh, I would say not denying is is kind of an affirmation. It, it, I think if she wasn't involved, they would have been uh, they they would have been very sort of upfront about that. So and then yeah, that's not a, it's not a great look. It's it's not a great look, and I think that the public also are questioning. You know, is any of this going to come from taxpayer funded money? It sounds like it's going to come from the Duchy of Lancaster, which is um, about five hundred seventy-seven million quid's worth of assets that she has. Um, and she does voluntarily pay tax on those assets, even though she doesn't have to. So I think she's got away with that one just about. But it does raise the question of, well, the assets are huge amounts of land in London and across the country that she owns that she inherited from her predecessors. So, you know, it does raise a big anti-monarchist question. Definitely. I mean, either way, you know, just her being involved in this at all is it leaves a bit of a bad taste. Uh, yeah, I agree. Um, I mean, and also, you know, I, there's also questions about how Prince Andrew's financing this. How much money does he have? Where does his money come from? His finances have always been opaque and they remain opaque. And it's very, it's kind of very, it, it remains very difficult to see what he's now going to live off for the rest of his days. And, uh, and, and you know, wh whether he's going to ever be able to, to have the lifestyle that he's grown accustomed to. And I mean, surely there is absolutely no way back for him now to public life. Um, but, you know, what, what's next for him? Uh, Richard Eden, who is, of course, away this week, uh, pointed out on Twitter that Andrew remains a councillor of state for the Queen, meaning that, you know, if she were ill, he would deputise for her. Surely there'll be considerations about that now. Yes, yeah, somebody was saying that. Um, so there's Prince Harry, Prince Charles, the Duke of York. Um, who's the fourth one? Does anybody Prince know? William, isn't it? And Prince William. And what with um, the COVID scare last week, what with Harry being in LA, there is actually a scenario in which the Queen may, um, in which Prince Andrew may have to step up to the plate for the Queen. So that will surely have to go because, I mean, imagine such a scenario. It actually is possible in these strange COVID times. It'd be very embarrassing. Absolutely. And what about titles like the Duke of York, of course, all the Jubilee celebrations? I mean, I mean the timing really couldn't be worse. Yeah. And there's the other, I mean, obviously the other sort of question here is, it, 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 does, is this it in, in this case? Does this wrap it all up for Prince Andrew? Is this the end of his legal woes or is there more to come? Um, you know, is, is someone else going to file a lawsuit against him? Are the police going to sort of start sniffing around? What, what about the FBI's investigation? What about Ghislaine, who's in, in prison in, in the US? But she, she's still never spoken, really. She's never given evidence. Maybe she will. Um, so, I mean, you know, it could get worse. He's going to have a very strange quality of life as well. He's literally going to be living in the shadows. He's going to go to his father's memorial and that'll be it. That'll be the last time. He'll probably play some golf yeah. with what few friends he has left. He's certainly not going to be skiing in Verbier anymore. And he's, this is a man who thrives on wealth and power and status. That's what he lives for. And all of that's been taken away from him. So it's going to be a very strange existence for him now, I think. Absolutely. And what about for his, you know, his immediate family, his two daughters? They've recently got married. They recently have children. Um, and, you know, Andrew's daughter, Eugenie, has been involved. She founded an anti-trafficking and slavery charity. Um, it's all a bit messy. Yeah, it's not a good look for them. Doesn't he now focus on being a granddad? I mean, you know, and, and having a sort of a role in his grandchildren's... I mean, that is the one thing he can still kind of do uh, that nobody would begrudge him, I don't think. 
Yeah, he could probably do that. It's not a huge role bringing a grandfather. They've both gotten all the nannies. You know, the kids are going to school. I mean, it's, he's not going to be a nanny for his grandchildren, but I'm sure he'll be very hands-on. He remains really close with Beatrice and with Eugenie too, but um, Beatrice is particularly devoted to him at this time. And I think that was evidenced by the fact that um, Eugenie was in America this week. It was before this actually was all released, but um, she's got one foot in the real world. Um, some people say. <laughs> and what about Fergie? Fergie has been working her socks off behind the scenes to keep everything calm and tra tranquil within her own family because it's been unbelievably strenuous, obviously, for Andrew, who truly believes he should have kept um, his honorary titles. And, uh, you know, I gather, you know, flies into emotional moments, as you probably would if you were under this much pressure. And she's trying to keep the family together. That is her main purpose and to keep her daughters happy. I mean, it's really upsetting for her daughters and she wants to keep everyone unified, but under such a strenuous situation. Yeah, huge amount of pressure. Um, social media, of course, has been having a bit of a field day about all this. Uh, in particular, we've got this photo saying that the queues are forming after Prince Andrew agrees to give huge sums of money away to people he's never met. I mean, this kind of thing rife on social media, how much does this risk damaging the reputation of the royals? Well, to the man, the man on the street is having a really good laugh at the moment. Um, and um, uh, some people are still, I mean, a lot of people are quite angry about this. So, I mean, the question is, are they still going to be angry in a month or will they have moved on to the next thing? Um, and that, that's kind of the nature of social media. Maybe next week they'll be moaning about, I don't know, Boris Johnson throwing parties or something. So I wouldn't be too concerned about some ugly memes. Um, they'll, 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 be, they'll be different ones you know, different ones in a few days. Of course, it's very unfortunate that the grand old Duke of York uh, has a certain yeah. ring to it. It's very memeable, that song, isn't it? Absolutely. Um, I suffered th a bit I from that, I think. We have that one as well. Um, yes. Yeah. I mean, that Good sums tweet. it up so well, doesn't the grand it? It really Duke does. Of York, he borrowed 12 million quid. He gave it to someone he'd never met for something he never did. I'll sing that to my daughters <laughs> uh, when I next do nursery Bedtime time. lullaby. Charlotte, how do you feel like this undermines the, the family's reputation? Which just sums it all up, doesn't it? Why would you give 12 million quid to somebody you've never met if you were totally innocent? That is the feeling, I think, in the court of public opinion. And that sums that up really well. I think you might disagree. Uh, no, I mean, I, you know, I, 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 I think that is, that is true. My, 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 is it going to be something that people wake up angry about mm. in, in a few weeks' time? I don't really know. Mm. You, know it, it, it's, you know, it's on people's minds at the moment. Well, it remains to be seen if the police will investigate Prince Andrew any further. But of course, adding to the royal crisis this week is the news that the heir to the throne, Prince Charles, is to have his charity investigated as part of an alleged cash for honours scandal involving a Saudi businessman. Uh, I'll start with you, Guy. What, what more do we know about Charles's charity and what's gone on here? Well, this is really a story about um, Charles and his closest aide, a, a chap called Michael Fawcett. He's, a, he's, a chap, he's been forced to fire twice in the past, or you know, has, has left his service twice in the past, once in the 1980s when he was accused of bullying other servants. Uh, he came back pretty quickly after that and was promoted. Uh, once in the early noughties when he was found to have been, he was nicknamed Fawcett the Fence. He was presents that people were giving to Prince Charles that he didn't much like. He would, he would sell to sort of antiques dealers and, and whatnot uh, and get loads of cash. Um, and, and again, Fawcett sort of had to retire, uh, retire from the royal household, but was then given a job running a chief executive of, of Prince Charles's 
charities. Part of Michael Fawcett's job was to go around getting donations. You're a charity, you need donations generally. And the way he chose to do this, as you would, I suppose, if you're a royal, is you, you approach very rich people and say, you know, I, I hear you're interested in... Um, you, you and Charles share some interests. Would you like to come to dinner, meet the prince, uh, and maybe talk about the financial support you can give for his charity? Um, now, normally, there would be a sort of nudge and a wink, and, and donors would know that if they gave money to Prince Charles's charities or any sort of royals' charities, they would get the odd sort of meeting with them. They be, might be invited to tea or dinner. Uh, and, you know, who knows? Maybe they might get a, an OBE or an MBE or, or you know, some sort of honour down the line. In the same way, political donors get generally given peerages eventually. What happened here, which was a, a sort of terrible mistake, really, was that uh, there was a particular Saudi Arabian donor, uh, a very wealthy businessman, made a lot of money in hotels. It, it looks like uh, Mr. Fawcett wrote to the Saudi Arabian chap saying, if you give us money, we can, uh, first of all, help your application for British citizenship. And second, secondly, we can recommend that you, you, you your, I think he had a an OBE, I think they recommend that it's upgraded to a sort of full knighthood. Now that happens to be illegal. Selling honours, uh, as Tony Blair found out, there was a you know that big controversy. Um, it, it, it's completely illegal. It's against the law, um, and the uh, normally these cases will hinge on whether you know the honour was actually sold or not. I mean, here they have some written evidence and. That is why the police are investigating. They'll be asking Mr. Fawcett to, to sort of explain the letter and say, well, this looks mm. like selling an honour. You know, what's your explanation for it? Yeah. And of course, it's looking likely perhaps that Charles is also going to be questioned by police about this. Uh, I think he said he would be happy to cooperate. But, you know, it couldn't really be worse, worse timing. Yeah, I mean, he's saying he's very willing to cooperate. Um, so he's obviously learned a lesson from the very recent past, <laughs> which was two days ago, which was um, Andrew not cooperating really fully and um, avoiding um, uh, court, court summons and things like that. So um, he's very much saying he's willing to cooperate. If it turns out that this person was promised a knighthood, gave some money, and after that, Prince Charles sort of, because he thought he was a nice chap, agreed to have a, you know, or had a word with his mum and said, look, you know, next time that we're dishing out knighthoods, maybe maybe we should consider this fellow. That wouldn't be illegal. Mm. It's the the offering of the honour in, 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 in return for money. Mm. Uh, yeah. And especially in the writing is simply, the bit in writing, that's just the evidence. Yeah. And of course, Prince Charles says he has absolutely no awareness about what happened. But this must be total chaos behind the scenes. I mean, the, the PR at the palace must be going into overdrive. I know. It's just one thing after another and it makes Megxit look like a breeze, a walk in the park, doesn't it? It's just complete turmoil for, for them. Prince Charles, this is great timing in some respects. In that if this, if this police investigation was going to be announced at any point in the last few months, this week's, this week's it. brilliant because it's, it's not even mm. the most in, or the, the most sort of um, important royal story of the week. It's mm -hmm. the second. It's the yes. second most second important most royal scandalous story. royal story of the week. But the PR department are working, operating under huge um, strain at the moment because they're also dreading the Harry book as well. So ordinarily, that would have all the PR departments working in overdrive, and then they've got these two other huge scandals on top of that, on top of their and, paranoia. And the one thing I would say about this Prince Charles scandal, it does sort of speak volumes to his his naivety in a way. I mean, why did he think some chap he's met once before would want to write a vast cheque. Um, you know, wh why should someone from Saudi Arabia be that bothered about 
a boring old stately home in Scotland. And Charlotte, you mentioned Harry. Um, both Prince Charles and Prince Andrew's children uh, were spotted this week together in LA at the Super Bowl. Um, do you think Eugenie's sort of being very publicly pictured with Harry there was sort of a statement about where she's slightly aligning herself? Yeah, she does um, support an anti-trafficking charity and she probably wants to get out of the UK at a time like this. Although I have to say she was pictured there before this all erupted, but she probably could feel the pressure over in Windsor building up. And it does feel a bit like she was making a statement there by being pictured with Harry at the Super Bowl. The most, you know, there's nowhere more likely she was going to get pictured. She sat right next to him. And it was a bit of a statement of Team Sussex, I think. And sort of support for Harry when, when you know, the firm yeah, is mean, slightly that, turning. My, my understanding is that she's sort of matier with Harry than, than anyone else in the sort of, certainly among the younger royals. Um, and um, uh, they share Frogmore Cottage on paper when Harry's over here. Um, and I'd be very interested to know whether she and Harry just went to the Super Bowl together and she was... You know, if she was staying in LA or something, or whether she's actually been on holiday there for for a while and maybe maybe staying at uh, in, in Montecito. Maybe she's considering a move to LA herself. She'd be wise to with what's going on in Windsor, her hometown. But also, she does work. You know, her, her mother's. If you are going to make try and make a sort of living as a royal, uh, and sort of not end up in 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 difficulties, one of the better ways to do it is to do it in America, as mm. her mother found out. Um, and I think she works in the art industry. There's a actually very sort of vibrant art industry in Los Angeles. Maybe she was, mm. yeah, maybe she's putting out some feelers. Well, we'll see what the future holds. Could be a, another royal couple moving over to the Californian sunshine. Um, we are nearly out of time today. So my thanks, as always, to our guests, Charlotte Griffiths and Guy Adams, and of course, Nigel Cawthorn. Thank you both very much for being with us to discuss an extremely tumultuous week for the royal family. They may well be in need of something to help them sleep more soundly at night. And luckily for them, the Duchess of Cambridge has just the thing. As she took centre stage this week on CBeebies, reading a bedtime story, The Owl Who Was Afraid of the Dark. Let's take a look. Wow, what an encouraging tale. We can all feel scared sometimes, just like our little owl friend Plop. But, as Mrs Barnow said, it's better to find out about the things that scare us before we make up our mind. And with the help of others, we can often face things that worry us. Now it's time for bed. Night-night and sleep tight. Well, seeing Kate outside of her usual royal environment got us thinking, which other members of the family have been on TV? I'll leave you now with Mail Plus's guide to the top 10 royal cameos. See you next time. The royal family are no strangers to appearing in front of the camera. Royals have made extraordinary TV cameos and appearances, from British documentaries and cooking shows to US sitcoms. Here are Mail Plus's top 10 royal cameo moments. In 10th place, the Countess of Wessex and her daughter Lady Louise on Strictly Come Dancing. Many Strictly fans were shocked to see royal mother and daughter attend the hit BBC show, who were there to celebrate Lady Louise's 15th birthday. The Duke and Duchess of Cambridge made every viewer in the land jealous when they were awarded a Gold Blue Peter badge in December 2017, following their campaigning on mental health issues affecting children. The momentum is changing, the shift is happening, which is really good, and, and we'll hopefully cracked a problem that should have been cracked a long time ago. 
In eighth place, Prince William and Prince Harry made their Disney and Lucasfilm debuts in the blockbuster film Star Wars Episode VIII, The Last Jedi. Actor John Boyega let slip that the princes played stormtroopers in a scene with Tom Hardy that was sadly cut from the final edit of the film. The cobbles of Weatherfield are well-trodden by Coronation Street regulars, but back in 2000, Prince Charles made a fleeting appearance at the Rover's return in a live episode marking the soap's 40th anniversary. And there we have it. To celebrate the 40th anniversary of Coronation Street, Prince of Wales Mr. Granada TV on the 8th of December, outside the Rover's return. The Duke of Cambridge earns himself sixth place for appearing alongside actor Stephen Fry in a comedic Blackadder sketch in aid of comic relief and children in need. On my way, let me just see if I can find my socks, and my shoes, and my trousers. From the small screen to the silver screen, as in at number five is Princess Beatrice, making her acting debut in The Young Victoria. The 2009 film starred Emily Blunt and was produced by the Duchess of York, who saw her daughter playing a lady-in-waiting to Victoria during a coronation scene. Beatrice isn't the only grandchild of the Queen seen on screen. In 2019, it was the turn of Princess Anne's daughter Zara Tyndall and her husband Mike when they took to the iconic Top Gear racecourse to try their hand around the closed track. Clench my buttocks. The Prince of Wales takes third place for his appearance on stage as part of the cast in Shakespeare Live, alongside world-renowned actors like David Tennant, Dame Judi Dench and Benedict Cumberbatch, in honour of the 400th anniversary of William Shakespeare's death. As president of the Royal Shakespeare Company, the Prince was only too happy for the opportunity to tread the board. To be or not to be, that is the question. The silver medal goes to one of the earliest cameos from our royals back in 1998, when Sarah Ferguson surprised the world by appearing on hit TV show Friends, alongside Matt LeBlanc in a comedic scene celebrating all things London. Jay says you don't really like his hat, but I think it's kind of dashing. <laughs> First place must go to the number one royal herself, Her Majesty the Queen, when she surprised the whole world by appearing in a spoof James Bond sequence alongside Daniel Craig during the opening celebrations of the London 2012 Olympics. Seemingly parachuting into the stadium to join the celebrations, Her Royal Highness showed she was game for a laugh and left a hard act to follow. Every man and woman on his feet again celebrate Her Majesty in her Diamond Jubilee year. <laughs>